0: Welcome to Economics Amplified, a podcast where we talk about insights on today's biggest economic issues being tackled by researchers at UChicago's Becker Friedman Institute. In this episode, we speak with David Weisbach and Jennifer New of the University of Chicago Law School, as well as Ellen Sandstead of the Computation Institute and the University of Chicago Harris School of Public Policy. The trio of researchers organized a conference in April 2015 centered around a persistent issue for federal institutions. When making regulations and rules, how should policymakers account for what they don't know? The uncertainties that could affect long-term costs and benefits of their actions. Weisbach, New, and Sandsted sat down with us to talk about why getting policymakers and economic theorists together might hold the key to helping federal agencies best assess these uncertainties and understand how to address them in, po- in the policy process. Given the, well, uncertainty over what exactly scholars mean when they talk about uncertainty, We started by laying out their definition of deep uncertainty in the context of rulemaking and regulation.
1: So we we use this pretty standard definition, which is, so normally we think of risk as you can compute probabilities and compute a full probability distribution of outcomes. So you say there's a 1% chance of a hurricane and 2% chance of this and so forth. And we just defined uh, that as risk and anything where you couldn't actually compute a proper probability distribution, we defined as uncertainty.
0: That's David Weisbach. Alan Sand said, expanded on his definition a bit as well.
2: Sort of standard presumption of, um, of regula- regulation policymaking is that the regulator knows has the information to judge the, uh, the effects of a policy or regulation, uh, and in many cases, not all the costs and benefits. And uh, the the federal government has guidelines and requirements are you do this. Uh, under those assumptions, and also has some uh, secondary guidelines for uh, how one does this under uncertainty. But as, as David points out, it's assumed that one can compute risks in that sense.
0: Inevitably, regulators will be tasked with regulating parts of the economy for which they have limited data. Or worse, they might not yet understand the best indicators that could even yield such data on a policy's effectiveness. A crucial goal of the conference was to bring academics and regulators together to discuss the reality of confronting uncertainty in regulation.
2: So there's a problem to be solved or some system to be managed and the decision-maker, the regulator uh, simply doesn't know everything that is sort of a, a rational decision-making would require one to know. And then the question is, what are the techniques? How do we to think about that? How do we to
0: approach it? Weisbach and Sandstead first began working on this problem at the Center for Robust Decision-Making on Climate and Energy Policy. Funded by the National Science Foundation, the University of Chicago Research Center is a multidisciplinary group focused on dealing with situations where a complete set of probabilities cannot be calculated for the outcome of a particular set of climate policies.
3: To appreciate more the different degrees of beef uncertainty, and in particular, when um, there were the presentations about the social cost of carbon, I was really struck at the extent to which um, the debate had um, shifted in the last you know 10 to 20 years. Um, You know, I I think Richard Morgenstern put up that slide where we showed just how quickly things had had changed, and um, all of that had. Occurred in the midst of continuing deep uncertainty, but it struck me that there were different degrees of deep uncertainty, and I think that's related to the the second dimension too that really stood out for me in terms of the concrete aspects, and that was the extent to which these deep uncertainties are communicated in different ways uh, across different roles in agencies, and um, you know all the discussion, for example, about you know tacit expertise and being able to communicate that to policymakers. I think that was, uh, um, again, uh, just a a, a dimension that really uh, we tackled more in this conference um, versus the last one in terms of just the communication of uncertainty and how uh, decision makers grappled with it.
0: New said that, in particular, the expertise that former federal agency leaders and actors brought to their discussion of the academic literature pushed the boundaries of their discussion in important new ways.
3: It struck me that we had um, policymakers both at different levels of government. That is to say we had, for example, um, you know, people who were at the decision makers all the way down to, you know, staff members and career civil servants. For example, we had Alec Garland, you know, who's the head of the National um, Center for Environmental Economics, and he just brought, I thought, a wealth of interesting perspectives.
0: Weighing in on numerous papers being discussed at the conference, policymakers in the room included a former general counsel of the Environmental Protection Agency, Donald Elliott, a former member of the Nuclear Regulatory Commission, Victor Galinsky, as well as representatives from the U.S. Patent Office and the Congressional Budget Office. Having those voices in the room made for a discussion that remained grounded in what is actually possible to achieve when working within a specific government bureaucracy.
2: Yeah, I would expand on one point that Jennifer just made, was it, it, uh, 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 which is, there it's, it's not just the sort of practical realities of this, but the institutional realities, right? So, and for me, I come from a policy economics background, uh, understanding the, the significant sort of fundamental role that the legal frameworks for regulation play here and the kind of uh, insights that legal thinking can provide into this is, is really
0: valuable. Uncertainty is a pervasive and unavoidable part of all of our lives, as our director Lars Peter Hansen likes to say. Since uncertainty will always be a part of creating and evaluating effective public policy, New said the presenters at the conference proposed a common academic tool for regulators to keep in their policy evaluation toolbox, experimentation that offers more easily comparable data between different policy treatments.
3: Yeah, so I'm not sure if this is a perspective necessarily unique to economists, but um certainly I think is, is, it is central to part of their outlook which is um, I think really fostering experimentation was one theme that I think was really highlighted um, maybe across both conferences but particularly this one economists' emphasis on experimentation could help inform sort of legal analyses in a way that at least I didn't fully appreciate you know, before this conference and so I think that's one angle at least that, that economists can um, can really help push in government and indeed they have yeah, we've done retrospective reviews, you know, across every administration, but the Obama administration, I think, really um, implemented that uh, in, a, in a really widespread way, um, and I think that we're still seeing the fruits of some of those efforts now.
1: Oh, oh, I, I don't think we've seen it yet, but it's conceivable economists could come up with a series of best practices about how you deal with uncertainty in, say, your model structure or in your data and that those practices are going to be important into into government uh, cost benefit analysis. I I don't think we're there yet on
2: on the economic side. I would also point out that uh, economists have already made a tremendous contribution in the sense that Lars, in particular, and his work with um, Tom Sargent and also another economist, uh, William Brock, who's a, a, a economist at the University of Wisconsin, who's part of our center, too, is their work on uh, deep uncertainty. They, they, they use different terminology for it, robustness analysis. But they've, um, in macroeconomics, their contributions in the last 10 or 15 years sort of providing uh, a, a, an intellectual, a high-level intellectual architecture for thinking about these problems is part of the, the ground that we're building on. Uh, it's worth, it's worth remembering that cost-benefit analysis in the 20, many decades ago in the 20th century started out as a frontier theoretical economic idea and became, in time, a practical applied tool. Uh, so as David points out, in the fullness of time, these much more esoteric techniques around the uncertainty might find their way, their, their way into more practical application.
0: It's not just policymakers that have something to learn about how uncertainty can affect policy outcomes academics can learn much about the realities of regulating under uncertainty. Insight that Weisbach says they can gain by talking to past and present regulators at conferences like these.
1: can the academics understand, well, what exactly is going on inside government? How are they dealing with this? We can read the guidance documents that government has circulated for, provides some guidance on how to deal with uncertainty, but what actually happens may something completely different. Yeah, but I,
2: I agree, this kind, of, this kind of exchange we have is, is uh, sort of the... Uh, I think a starting point um, and a continuation point. It's, it's, it's essential that these two worlds interact
0: over time. So, how should a policymaker conduct themselves if they want to avoid introducing unwanted uncertainty into the economic environment via the rules and regulations that they craft? Scholars like Eric Posner and Jonathan Mazer of the University of Chicago Law School, would like to see regulators be more transparent about the extent to which the regulatory decisions under deep uncertainty are essentially shots in the dark that should be updated as they learn more relevant information.
3: So when I first read their paper. Um, you know, I was skeptical about. Um, you know, it seems very academic, ivory power, um, You know, I was I was skeptical that it would it would it would really resonate. Um, you know, as something that could inform government decision making. But then juxtaposing that with, um, you know, Green greenstone session and other conversations about social cost of carbon, I, I became much more um, sympathetic to the idea that um, you know there's a real role for um, government decision makers to, um, you know, simply make clear what their assumptions are and, um, you know, if it's not taking a guess, at the very least, you know, giving some just, again, some, some, um, you know, justification for their approach and then allowing that to start a really informed conversation about, um, in this case, uh, quantifying the social cost of carbon. You know, I thought it was you know, almost the idea, and it's not the idea in action, but at least it, 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 it uh, illustrated uh, the real value that um, you know, and updating could have in government. So that's one example, at least for me, that, um, you know, I thought that the conversations that were brought out over the weekend um, helped to um, show the ways that, you know, ideas could really, you know, have an impact inside government.
0: The conversations between policymakers and the scholars examining how uncertainty affects policy outcomes are far from over. But the organizers feel successful in holding a conference that was another positive step forward for connecting different perspectives on the issue of policy uncertainty, moving toward richer understanding of how to craft sound policy given the unavoidable uncertainty in our daily lives.
3: Yeah. I think one way that I hope the conference was a success was um, simply in in building some relationships that I hope will continue into the future. I got the impression that uh, a lot of people that might not have otherwise met each other or talked to each other uh, really got a chance to do so, um, particularly this conference and certainly in the last one as well across disciplines. And so uh, I think that, you know, that's one way that I hope that the, the themes of the conference will continue to the future.
0: Thanks for listening. You can find more episodes of Economics Amplified on SoundCloud, iTunes, YouTube, and on our website. Our theme music is by Boris Man 2, whom you can listen to on SoundCloud. The show is produced with help from Tony Shears and Farron Suarez and is edited by Mark Rickers. That's me. The Becker Friedman Institute for Research and Economics advances inquiry that illuminates our choices, our economy, our society, and our future. To learn more about the Institute, visit bfi.uchicago.edu.